G'day and welcome to Isolate, Eight Songs of Meaning podcast. Isolate is about bringing you a unique conversation from a special guest who is a touring artist or touring roadie. I wanted to shine a light on the talented people of the arts to find out some of their most personal musical highlights and the stories behind them. The flow and effect of COVID-19 has meant cancellations of large music festivals as well as your favourite local gigs. As a result, an estimated half a million people in Australia in the music industry are currently out of work. Support Act is a charity that assists financially when the industry falls on difficult times such as this. If you enjoy the podcast today, I encourage you to make a donation if you're in a position to do so. As well as musicians, there are many people behind the scenes who make gigs happen. The sound engineer, the tour manager, the lighting designer and more. They all play a pivotal role to ensure that we as punters enjoy the best possible performance night after night. It's important to remember that these uncertain times will pass. The shows will go on and these wonderful creative people will get back to doing what they love. So let's meet the people behind the musical magic. G'day everyone and welcome to episode three of Isolate's Eight Songs of Meaning. My guest today is Matthew Donnan, who is known to everyone as Yogi. Yogi is a tour manager and the founder of clothing label Roadsick. He has toured extensively both nationally and internationally for more than 20 years with countless bands including Grinspoon, Cog, The Butterfly Effect, Mastodon and currently Angus and Julia Stone, just to name a few. Currently chasing waves on the Gold Coast, Yogi has been kind enough to give us his time today and I'm really excited to share his stories with you all. Please welcome Yogi Donnan. Hi, mate. G'day. How are you? G'day. I'm good. <laughs> good, good. Thank you so much for doing this. I really, really appreciate it. Um, That's all right. I got your notes the other day and, like, seriously creamed my pants. I was so excited for the songs that you've chosen and the stories that you've got on there. It's so juicy and exciting. I can't wait to share it with everyone. Um, I'm just going to grab my other notes. Okay, let's get going. Firstly, how are you? How are you handling the ISO thing? I'm good. I'm just taking it pretty pretty low key, actually. It's just um, we bought a house in February, so it's been good to be there yeah. for this time because I wasn't going to be home for very long. I was going to say, <laughs> like, so what did you have yeah. on the schedule what, like before all this um, shit went down? I did have a bit of time off in March, mm-hmm. but then um, Dope Lemon was kicking off at the start of April and we were gone for up to 10 weeks in Australia and Europe, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. So I point A, regarding... First show in Cornwall in the in the UK, yeah, of the of our European run, and then we would have been there for about another four weeks or so. But as it stands, I've been home for eleven weeks, Gosh. which is the longest I haven't done a show for since I started in ninety nine. Oh my god, eleven weeks! And you, not that you're yeah. counting, by the sounds of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm counting. <laughs> um, it's it's one of those things you don't realise how much you, well, what you got until it's gone sort of thing, you know, That's after true. after this long, I, you know, it was half the time it's a job, you know what I mean, mm. to me. Mm. And I guess I was taking it for granted maybe a little mm. bit. Yeah. Because it's a pretty special job. It is. Like tour, touring. So, um, yeah, you know, 
go back to the actual original question. I've just been laying low. The beaches haven't been closed here on the Gold Coast. Yeah, so same with WA, yeah. I felt, to be honest, I felt a bit morally like it was, wasn't right mm. to go surfing when mm. it all kicked off. So I didn't. But over the last month, I've been surfing maybe two or three times a week. Getting ripped. But um, compare, definitely none of that. But com- <laughs> compared to um, good mate Ronnie the drum tech, who surfs every day on the Gold Coast. Does he? And tells me about it, yeah. I um, didn't know he was a surfer. Actually, no, I did know he was a surfer dude. He didn't yeah. tell me he's been doing it every day, though. Yeah, yeah, he, he loves it. So, um, yeah, no, so just laying low staying home with the missus and the dog and getting a new house sorted and riding push bikes, trying to do a bit of exercise, yeah. cooking food. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I'm definitely eating a lot more than I'm exercising. Oh, so I, snacking. <laughs> I started off, to be honest, I started off really good. That's I was good. nailing it. And then as the restrictions eased a little bit, so – it's like the restrictions eased and the sugar intake rose. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> when I wasn't leaving the house, there's no, there's no bad food in the house. You can't fucking eat it if it's not there. That's true, unless you bake it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> that, that's starting to become my problem. Um, on yeah. that, well, I've got a couple of pre-questions before we get into the main part of the podcast. And one mm-hmm. of my questions was, uh, what's your favourite um, isolation or touring snack? Um, mm-hmm. So what's your favourite... Thing that you've been cooking since you've been home. When I when we're home, we cook a lot of pasta and um, a lot of pasta and a lot of gnocchi. Yeah. Not make not make the gnocchi or the pasta. Yeah, unfortunately, you're not, you're not a wog, you're not a wog mate. Good try. Um, <laughs> we got a pasta maker, oh, but, yeah. but we never used it. Yeah. Um, but we have we have pasta and gnocchi, and then Stace doesn't really eat meat, but I eat meat. So you know, sometimes there's got to be two different sort of things cooked. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a lot of fish tacos, um, yeah. but we've made, Stace makes a lot of cookies. Yeah, this is, this is what I'm getting to. The isolation yeah, baking. But, yeah, so Stace makes cookies, I eat them. Um, <laughs> Sounds like a good I deal. Gen- she, get, she goes to work, and I generally eat hers as well, and get in trouble. <laughs> But, um, yeah, like, I'm more of a savoury cook. Mm-hmm. Like, I cook most nights, mm-hmm. and she's more of a sweet cook. Okay, that's good. Well, you, yeah. got, you got the time now, so you're probably perfecting a lot of things. And what's, yeah. your, what's your touring snack? Like, what's always in the backpack or in the I, hotel room? I love popcorn. Well, it's, ha- it's healthy. <laughs> I'm a massive fan of popcorn. I've been known to visit Hoyt's just to get popcorn when I go shopping sometimes. <laughs> oh um, but Cobb's, Cobb's cheesy popcorn or Cobb's salty popcorn. Nice. And then if I'm feeling if I'm feeling fat, it'll be a Quest bar or something like that. But popcorn, popcorn is my go-to. And then at home, I've always got frozen cauliflower for buffalo cauliflower in the what's, freezer. What's buffalo cauliflower? Is that like a cheesy cauliflower? Nah, it's like just crumb cauliflower. Yeah. And then you put it, we've got an air fryer, and then you. Um, I keep hearing and, about this air fryer. Yeah, I got it for, Stace bought it for me for Christmas. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. It's like a deep fryer, but no oil. It just uses hot air. So it's not fattening? It's not as fun. <laughs> 
but you still, <laughs> you still, get, you still, you still get, you still get your hot chips. You still get your schnitzels. They just are not oily. That's crazy. That yeah. Appa- apparently, you can put a little bit of oil in it, but we don't do that. We just yeah, dry like, the shit so out of it. You're so committed to the shredding for the surfing. I get it. You need the air fry. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think so. <laughs> um, um, now, my other question on on the food thing was, what's your quarantini? So, what are you drinking in isolation? Um, well, I drink when I choose to drink. I drink water. <laughs> Captain sensible. Captain sensible. I don't actually. I'm not actually a big drinker. Um, I don't drink spirits. I've never drank spirits since yep. I got my stomach pumped when I was thirteen. What? <laughs> But that's a that's a story you, for if, another if, time. Okay, you don't want to tell that one today, okay? <laughs> oh, it's just it's a long story. Um, but um, so I only drink beer, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't drink that often, especially since my health scare in two thousand and fourteen. Mm-hmm. So I drink mid strength Bolter or mid strength Young Henrys, which is Steyr. Yeah, and I'll especially now there's no football. Yeah, like I've. Unless I, I haven't had a drink unless I'm on a Zoom chat. Yeah. This whole quarantine. Yeah, right. ISO time. But we normally, Saturday nights, we normally call around, email around, text around all the different roadies that I normally work with and mm-hmm. we jump on Zoom. Yeah. Sometimes you're on there for 10 minutes and you're just saying hi and sometimes you sit there for four hours and you've got to pay subscription fees because you've been there so long, you know. <laughs> That would be but, awesome. God, I'd love to be a fly on the wall in that convo. Because normally, normally when I'm at work, I don't get to drink because yeah, I've got you're a working. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then, especially you know, in this day and age, with places closing early, like you finish the truck gets packed at one o'clock. Mm. There's nowhere to go. No, nah, that's right. Especially know? not in Perth. <laughs> so, so you might you might be lucky enough to have a beer at the end of the week yeah. on two other these days, mm. but. Yeah, my, my, you know, I've been there and done that. I've, you know, I, I, I gave, it, gave it a note. I don't know if it's matured. It was just I nearly fucking died. That's scary. Yeah. Oh, well, this, so this is, sorry, your health scare that you just mentioned there. So what, what happened? Um, my heart went out of rhythm and started to deteriorate. In 2014, at the end of an Angus and Julia tour mm-hmm. in Barcelona. So you were actually overseas uh, when this happened? Yeah, I was in Barcelona, and then we um, we finished the tour. We'd been partying a fair bit. Mm. We'd been on tour for months, like mm. maybe a good three, four months. It was a world tour, like, mm. and we were in Barcelona, and I was feeling shit, but it was the end of the tour, so we gave it a nudge, yeah. and then I just, just never came back from it. And whether I was sick from – in the end, they said I had a um, – and it was a viral infection that attacked my heart instead of my immune system. Mm-hmm. Um, but burning the candle at both ends doesn't help. No. You know? So um, flew home, just couldn't breathe. Oh um, I, was lucky, I was lucky Stace sort of knows what she's talking about health-wise and, you know, I got an ambulance to hospital. I was in a hospital for 14 days. So I was on breathing stuff and had operations and... It's fucking my heart on. was working. My heart, my heart was. I wasn't a heart attack or anything like that. It was just I was dying. <laughs> um, my heart was working at ten percent. I couldn't breathe. Fuck. I couldn't talk. I couldn't talk because I couldn't breathe. You know. So but it was only when I was in the air. 
on the plane was when it was worse. But yeah. I didn't tell anyone or anything. I just mm. sat there mm. just manually breathing myself. And when I'd land, whether it was in London, Singapore, Sydney, every time I'd land, I'd feel all right. And I'd just like, oh, it's just the party and it's catching mm. up with me. I'll be, I'll be right. I'll, I'll go home and have a sleep. And as soon as we got to the doctor, he called an ambulance within the first minute of doing all the doctor's checks. Fucking hell. And, um, yeah, and since then I've, I didn't drink for three years. I was going to say, because I remember when this happened that uh, I saw you again and, yeah, you weren't drinking at all. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't drink for three years and um, I had a few beers on a holiday. Stace and I had to um, Williamsburg for, like, just not not getting wine drunk or anything. I've, mm. Since since I started drinking again, I've probably been drunk three times, you know, in mm. three years. Yeah. Did you find I that love. hard, um, like, being on tour where, you know, the whole rock and roll lifestyle, they say, did you find it really hard not to drink in that time? Uh, or you just- No, I think because I was a tour manager, like, I wasn't able to drink like everybody else until yeah. everybody was home safe or yeah. at the after party and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. so... Mm-hmm. I was pretty disciplined like that. It was easy. It was easy not to drink. Mm. Like in the end, I was bummed and I started again. But I, I like, I, I loved beer. Yeah, yeah. You're <laughs> I, drinking it I, for the taste. You're not drinking it to get yeah, drunk. Yeah, I fucking, I like, I fucking love it. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the social aspect of it. And yeah, for a while when I was sober on tour, I'd still try and go to the after parties and stuff just to be social. But mm. fuck, drunk people are annoying. Oh my god, so annoying. Like I used to have, a, I used to have a rule. I used to have a three strike rule. Mm. If you tell me, a, if you tell me a story, I'll like first time. I love to hear it. Love to hear everyone's stories and that. You tell me the same story on the same night. These three strikes. Yeah, yeah, okay. If you start telling me, if you start, if you tell me the second story, like the same story twice, I'll give yeah. you the benefit of the doubt and just listen and, and you know. Yeah. As soon as you start to tell the story the third time, that's it. You're fucking striked out. And half the time that means you're not striked out. I'm actually striked out, and I leave. Yeah, yeah, you know you're gone. I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. You and you do you, you do a Houdini? You don't do the rounds and say bye. You just Houdini. Out yeah, I don't say I don't. Yeah. I don't say bye at all. I've never said bye. It's not bye. It's only see you later. Yeah, you know what I mean? Straight up Houdini. Right. Love it. Yeah. Um, now my next question yeah. before we get into the main part of the podcast is: How did you and I know each other? How did we meet? Now, how do you think we met? <laughs> I I can't like I've I, I think I've been coming to WA since two thousand and one, mm-hmm. so I can't recall meeting you. But it would have been through Carnival or Dead Letter Circus, and it would have been at a gig or an after party. Yeah, you know. And I just I don't. I was trying to think when you gave me the sort of the brief of what we were going to be talking about. I tried to have a think, and I well, I couldn't remember not knowing you. You know what I mean? I was I was waiting for some like dodgy story or some memory of me being it might have been a text message hey i'm friends with so and so do you reckon you can get me on the guest list um i'm actually going to tell you how we did meet because i remember yes okay so this is going to show both of our ages but we became friends on myspace (laughs) you added me on myspace jesus yeah which was like well i don't know what year it was it must have been around 2000 or thereabouts um, and we started chatting on there. I don't know why or how, obviously because of mutual friends. And so yeah. I'm pretty sure we met on the, if you did this tour, the COG Carnival 
tour, um, which yeah. was, was that the New Normal tour? Yeah, it was New Normal tour. Yeah. Was that? So that was 2004. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be about right. But no, or maybe it sorry, was... Sorry, 2005, because the album came out in 2000. Oh, no, it would have been 2004. Okay, yeah. But then, but either that or before that, I think, did you come over with Butters before that? I've been over with Butterfly since 2001. Okay, yeah. So it's and Cog, Cog had been over. Cog may have been over once before that, mm. just. But I, yeah, and I, yeah. So it's around MySpace. there. Around there, a long time. Yeah. But yeah, good old MySpace. You reckon you can still log into MySpace? <laughs> no, you can. I did it recently. Because I was wondering yeah. the same thing. I'm like, is it even still there? Uh, and, like, I logged in and I'm like, I'm still engaged to, like, three boyfriends ago. I've got all, <laughs> all these, like, people I don't speak to anymore. I'm like, oh, this is great. little walk down memory lane. Plus, I just look at the photos and I get depressed. I'm like, oh, my God. I was so, so youthful. Yeah, give it a go. Um, all right. We're going to kick into the main part of the podcast where we do our eight songs of meaning. Although, with you, we've gone a little bit bananas and uh we're gonna do more than eight and you've chosen some absolute crackers and uh so there's gonna be more than eight songs but fucking yeah it? that's like i was saying before I, I just find it real hard to talk about music because it sort of means so much to me and there's mm. been so much of it that mm. like to compile a list i know i'm leaving out stuff yeah you know and i'm just like i can't leave that out i can't leave that out so Sort of, me, sort of made me want to do a um, playlist and then just go, well, there you go. That I don't need to talk. There, There's the there's there all I, songs. Yeah, well, I know. am going to put all of the songs on the playlist, um, the Isolate playlist, mm. the ones that you chose but also the extra spare ones that you gave me, that big list of absolute yeah. bangers, which had a few surprises on it, actually. I didn't know you were a Drake fan, but I love it. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> He's awesome. I'm going to put some Drake on next time. I'm trying to. to I'm trying to learn that dance in my garage at the moment. Oh, while I'm doing left exercise. Foot up, left foot yeah. slide. I don't know what the song's called. Tootsie I'd, slide I'd, or something. Yeah, I definitely dance like a middle-aged fat white guy. That's for sure. <laughs> what are you doing in the gym? You got a gym at home? No, in my, yeah, in my garage. Oh, I got nice. some stuff that make me feel better about myself for 20 minutes a day. <laughs> You're doing better than me. I'm doing nothing. Um, okay. So the first question that I – well, the first song you picked was Red Hot Chili Peppers' Give It Away. The question yep. was what was the first song or, or music that you ever purchased? Can you tell us the story behind this one? Yeah, so I think in my answer um, I was talked about – I grew up just outside of Sydney about two hours. It used to be three hours outside of Sydney in a little town called Goldman. Okay. And um, – my mum's a mad South Sydney Rabbitohs fan. Mm-hmm. So we used to drive from Goulburn to Sydney most weekends. It was just my mum and I. <laughs> it's a long way. So, so she could go to the, watch the football. So yeah. she, And I was only a little kid, mm. but I love football. It wasn't my team, mm. but we'd go. She'd get lost every week. And we'd get there and the football would nearly be over or something oh like that. Oh, my God, this is a disaster. Yeah, but my mum, my my, you know, I would have been four, my mum would have been 24, 23, yeah. 24, you know. Yeah. We'd listen to music all the way up. What's, what's, the what's your mum's name? This is Donna. My mum, my mum's very, very, my mum listened to anything. My mum come to Cog, Butterfly Fair, she nice. come to and Julia. She loves Julia, like, you know, um, but her, her favourite is, I think, is Bruce Springsteen and Keith Urban and yeah. stuff like that. But back when I was a kid, she had Sabbath 
Alice Cooper and stuff like that. Nice. Um, so I think in my answer that I sent through is one footy game, I think it was a couple of years later, I was about six or something, we went and watched the Rabbitohs play. I think it was Parramatta or something at Redfern Oval. Uh-huh. Then we went into the cross for dinner. God. <laughs> would have been rough back then. Yeah, it would have, this would have been, like you're talking about 81, 82 probably. Um, and she bought me Kiss Dynasty. Nice. Um, on vinyl, and because it, it had all their four faces. Yeah, yeah. And um, she used to paint my face Kiss and stuff when I was a kid. What a legend. She, she said I loved Kiss, but she loved Kiss, <laughs> I think, you know. Um, I don't really recall the music or anything. I should, yeah. should have probably had to listen to That's that. Right. But yeah. um, I just remember the four people's faces on there. And back then you used to be able to buy Kiss makeup and stuff, like – so it's full on, yeah. everyone's into it. Full, yeah, yeah, because that was the thing. But, yeah. but going on from that, um, the first night I was allowed out on a school night. Oh, that's another question, actually. It's the same same thing. But anyway, so I my first job, I was working in a catering company and delivering orange juice. And my boss, he in bought Goulburn? me out. No, this is oh. when I was like 16 or something. So you're in Sydney now? I'm in Sydney. This is, yeah, I'm 17 now. And mm-hmm. um, my boss at the time, he bought me my first CD player. Oh, wow. How exciting. And um, so you're talking, I'm in year 11 at school and I get a CD player for the first time. So cool. So um, with my pocket money for my paper run or whatever it was, I went into Utopia and I bought give, the, the CD single of Give It Away because I didn't have enough money to buy the whole album. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and yeah, so I that was, yeah. Give It Away by the Chili Peppers was the first thing I ever bought. I love that and then song. I'm, and the same day I bought, just because of the cover, I bought Crazy Eyes by the Hard-Oms. Oh, yeah. And I didn't, I didn't know the music or anything. I just saw the cover yeah. and it was in the same section as the Chili Peppers, so yeah. I bought that. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Did you end up liking it? Did you like the Hard-Oms when you first heard it or were you just like... Yeah, yeah, I did. I did because I was just taking in music, you know, and... Um, mm. And Cog eventually toured the big day out once with the hard-ons and they it was did, awesome. They did, they yeah. did, yeah. So growing up you were into rock already could because of your mum, her influence? Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think I was just into any music. It was rock. It was mum's from mum's from a small town in the middle of New South Wales called Tottenham. Mm-hmm. It's like in Nelly in the dead centre in New South Wales. So she was into country music. Yeah. Any sort of music, you know what I mean? Like Stevie Wonder, um, Tina Turner which was mainstream back, you know, when I was young. But yeah. sort of her favourite is a guy called Harry Chaplin, which not many people know about. I think he died when he was real young. Yeah. Um, But he's, you know, a legend of that sort of. Is he a Cat Stevens type of guy? I think it's that sort of thing. Yeah, you know? I think I know my dad the, listens I know, to I know, it. I like. I know. I know the music without knowing that that's him. Like if mm. Mum's playing it at her house now, I just go. Oh, that's obviously Harry Chaplin. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Next question is: What was your first live gig you ever went to? Okay, this one's a big shout out to one of my. I've, I've got two. I've had two best mates since I was little. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them's named Spooty. For Spooty's 14th birthday, yeah. we got dropped off at Sydney Entertainment Centre to see Boom Crash Opera. I love that um, band, yeah. And I think it was I think it, uh, it was an all-ages gig. That's why we were going for his 14th birthday to try and pick up chicks. <laughs> 14th? 
Jesus. Um, and it was Boom Crash Opera and the, and the big song at the time that was number one probably mm. in Australia was Onion Skin. It was like a massive song. So that would be that would be 14. So that would have been 89 yeah. maybe. Yeah, 89, maybe the end of 88 or something like that. Yeah. But then um, the first, like, proper gig I was allowed out on a school night with mm-hmm. no parents Yeah. was, was um, to see the Chili Peppers at the Horden, no, at the Entertainment Centre yeah. in about 92, nice. um, which was Blood Sugar Sex Magic Tour, yeah. like, was the actual tour. But that was, I remember, we were, I was allowed out on a school night. Mm-hmm. And um, I went with mates from school, and another mate, John McKay, was there. I don't. I think there was a group of us. I don't. I think there might have been three or four, because I think John had a car and a license, and we were like we were footloose and fancy free. Yeah. You know. And on this on stage, the Chili Peppers said that um, their friends L Seven were playing down at Selena's that night, and they were going down to see them. Yeah. So, so we got in Jono's car afterwards and bolted down to Selena's at yeah, Coogee yeah. to um, try and sneak in to see L7. Oh, and you're, we un- you're, in, un- you're underage. We're underage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're like 16, 17-year-old kids. And we snuck in and we got to see the last song of L7. And then I went and bought there like a year or two later. They put out an album, or it might have been out then, called Bricks Are Heavy, mm-hmm. which is like all time, mm-hmm. like grunge, like dirty, dirty hair. I, I actually love L7 and Hole, so this is totally my yeah. jam. Um, so they were playing on the same night, the Chili Peppers and L7. But at different venues. Yeah, just, yeah. And, yeah, and the Chili Peppers mentioned it on, on stage. That's so good. Yeah. Love it. Um, all right, furthering on from that, what, well, what age or what what bands made you feel that being a touring person was was going to be your life? Um, I I got really into Pennywise and Offspring. That was like my like I was eighteen when all that kicked off. You know, like yeah. um, I finished school in ninety three, so. Um, that was big and that seemed accessible. Like, obviously, there was bigger bands out there, like, but you'd go and see Pennywise or you'd go and see Offspring at the Coogee Bay Hotel at Selena's mm-hmm. and you'd just go, these just fucking surfer guys that mm. are up there playing music, you know, they were wearing yeah, yeah. surfing t shirts. Yeah, they were surfing punks. You know, yeah, and I was just like, this is, this is, this is me. So I, I really got into Pennywise and that whole scene, yeah. but it wasn't, it wasn't until, like I didn't know about crew and I didn't really understand, you know, I hadn't played, picked up the bass guitar yet in for myself. Yeah. What I did you do before that, this? Did you have like a career before touring? Um, I've had so many different jobs. Have you? I worked in catering first out of school, mm-hmm. but the main two, I used to be a baggage handler for Ansett. Wow, um, I never knew that. At, at Sydney Airport and mm-hmm. I lost my job when Ansett collapsed. Yeah. And then that's – I'd already started doing shows yeah. with local Sydney bands then, yeah. but then I lost my job and I went and studied music management at TAFE. Cool. And then I got a job as a Garbo in Bondi. Yeah. So I did that and then I was touring on the weekends and missing – calling in sick for work and stuff because yeah. touring started and yeah. then I quit, quit, I quit 
the Garbos in August 2005. Yep. And I've never had another job. I've never worked for anyone else since. Isolation, I went and got a job at Coles. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do to survive. Yeah, yeah. So this is the first time since 2005 that I've worked for somebody. Yeah. Are you, are you finding it really strange working with like a normal job? It's, I'm not on, I don't, I do three, three hour shifts a week max. Yeah. Like yeah. it's nine hours. It's okay, pretty so much, it's pretty much a night out. Like I go for three hours, do some work. <laughs> then you Houdini and go home. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not, I wouldn't call it a job, but it's definitely regimented, mm. you know, like yeah. it's, I wear a shirt, I wear steel cap shoes and, you know. So who was the first band you ever worked with? Sorry, getting back to the question. I think I missed um, that. The first, the first, we didn't wait, wait, we didn't finish one. Oh, I was going to say, getting off track. Just, okay. So around the same time as Pennywise and mm. stuff like that, we're still kicking around. Yeah. I think it would have been about 95. Mm-hmm. I just fell head over heels with Grinspoon. Yeah. Like, I, I love them. Like, I was just like, this fucking music is like yeah, amazing. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Good fun had energy and it was good fun and stuff like that. And um, I think my high school girlfriend and I, we used to travel around. Back then, bands used to play like the suburbs of Sydney. Mm-hmm. So they'd do Sydney for a weekend. We'd go to all three or four shows. Yeah. And and then I'd start to pick up on like that guy's setting up that, this guy's doing that, mm-hmm. this guy's mixing. And I started to understand yeah. like what crew were doing and stuff. And then – I'd find myself at a Greenspoon gig just watching their crew. Yeah. And so then I went and got a job at a rehearsal studio Mm -hmm. in Sydney um, as the night guy, you know, like the – I wasn't – I don't smoke pot, but the stoner guy that just sits there in the rehearsal studio (laughs) waiting for the bands to rehearse. (laughs) The um, the night watchman. (laughs) Yeah, and um, Greenspoon used to rehearse there sometimes. Oh, wow, yeah. So then I got to – meet their crew, the yeah. ones who I'd seen on stage. Mm-hmm. And then, as it turns out, one thing led to another. The butterfly effect started touring with Grinspoon a lot back in the day. And then mm. I met some of these guys that, well, the four guys that I met on that tour are still some of the closest of friends of mine now, wow. you know. So the same people who worked for Grinspoon that whole time? The same guys that worked for Grinspoon then – Still, three of them still work for Grinspoon out of the four. And I still see the four of them a lot. Yeah. Um, They're only, you know, they're they're an age group of love for me. Yeah. But, you know, they're some of my best mates, you know what I mean? And some of the best guys at what they do, obviously. So you you learn from the best. Yeah. So, we, you know, they they didn't take shit, but they were good knockabout guys, you know what I mean? So they taught you stuff and they they expected a lot from you, but when you did your job, mm. they rewarded you. Do you, you feel know? like you're like that? I feel like you're like that as well. I tried, like I tried to, tried to, there was the other side of the older guys when we started out that were just assholes. Mm. There was a lot. The Grinspoon guys were great, mm. but I didn't meet that many other old people when I first started out mm-hmm. that were good. Yeah. And so I just always said, I'm just not going to be like that. Yeah. Like, if it makes you that fucking grumpy, why the fuck are you doing it? Yeah, you know? there is a, a bit of a thing, like, where 
people like the older roadies, yeah, they come they can come across as very gruff. Yeah, you're not you're not saving the fucking world. Like <laughs> It's true. Fucking <laughs> One day at a time. It, yeah, put it back in your pants, mate. Settle down. <laughs> Uh, all right, we'll get to the next question. Um, is there a song that brings back memories of your favourite tour or a favourite touring moment? Um, okay, so just sorry, just looking at my notes because I didn't want to, like I said, I get nervous and didn't want to leave things that's out. Okay, that's good. That's good. Um, my best, my my by far my best thing I've ever done on tour. Yeah was in the end of our world tour in 2015 with Matt Corby, yep. band and crew. We we finished, we did a show called the Rocket, Rocket Festival in Tromsø in, in Norway, which is above the Arctic Circle. Wow. Summer, summer, so it's beautiful during the day. Yeah. Like, still cold at night. Yeah. But uh, it was an ma- amazing town. The whole festival set around back in the early 1900s. This girl, uh, this girl after school, used to have a hot dog stand in the middle of the town. Yeah. Um, and she used to make rain um, reindeer hot dogs. They don't have cows; they have reindeer. Like, there's no cows because you're so far. Up. Oh my so gosh! Yeah. The, the hot dogs were made of reindeer, and um, did you? Oh, oh my god! Okay, yeah. So, so um, they. Then the hot dog stand, she made a stand in the middle of the town and became a business. And this whole town mm. became, thrived around these hot dogs. And 100, 100, 100 years later, they've named a festival after it. Oh, my God. And the stage overlooks the hot dog stand. The hot dog stand's still there. Is it And called? it's shaped, shaped like a rocket. So it's like a rocket. I don't know if it's called rocket dogs or something like that, but it's... I thought you were going to say it was like just the reindeer hot dog festival. That so, was the name of the festival. So, so that's the town. Yeah. But the day after the tour ended, normally you fly home, you know, the mm. tour's over. But we had been offered by the promoter to go on a a, um, a fishing boat, an old fishing boat that had been turned into a sauna, steam room, spa, and they'd take you out on the, I don't know, I don't think it's the Arctic Sea, but it's you're above the Arctic Circle. Yeah. And you go out on the thing, out onto the ocean, and or the sea they call it. And yeah. you're um, you're in a sauna, you're in a steam room, you're on the spa, and then there's just a runway into the like the Arctic freezing cold water. Oh my god! And so we sit in the sauna, and you just open the door, and you just run, and you just jump off the boat into like the like water. Freezing. Freezing. So. It's it's only a little bit after after my heart. Yeah, operates. I was going to say this is the following year. Yeah, and and a lovely guy Jack who jumped off before me. Everyone was jumping off mm. and then just sprinting like like in the cartoon, you know, <laughs> swimming so fast. Like, like the roadrunner, yeah. Yeah, get back on the boat, people. Yeah, like Jesus. Just <laughs> and um, so Jack said, "I'll go before you." Yeah. And he went and he went before me and he just stayed there swimming around waiting oh for me because – and then I went and jumped mm. and I got up a ladder and then we, we went back into the sauna, you know, like you go straight back in the sauna and you're tingling all over. Yeah. So did you, did, didn't you feel it was cold? And he goes, yeah, I just didn't want your heart to have a heart attack as soon oh. as you <laughs> – 
You were Wim Hof before it was Wim Hof. Um, so that's my that's like the best thing that I reckon I've ever experienced, and that's, that's awesome. really special because. Like if we weren't, if I wasn't with Matt Corby, I would never have been offered mm. a free trip on this five hundred dollar a day experience. Mm. You know, and I wouldn't have even thought to look it up because I didn't know about it. No, nah, you wouldn't be like, oh, while I'm here, I might just go jump in the Arctic Circle. <laughs> yeah, but the best, the thing that I do consistently on tour that I love doing, yeah. and I normally do it with, I, I get to do it a fair bit with Will Cunliffe actually. Yes. Um, is when we're in Paris wherever we're playing in Paris that day, whoever we're with. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've done this with Angus and Julia, Dope Lemon, Cog, Carnival, um, Butterfly Effect. Wherever we're playing in Paris, you wake up, you're on the tour bus or you're at your hotel or wherever, you go for a long walk and, you know, soak Paris in. Yep. But if you get a day off, we go and sit up the top of the Sacre Coeur yep. and we buy we buy two Euro Heinekens and just sit there on the steps Beautiful. and just watch the whole of Paris. Wow. It's my favourite thing. I get, and I'm fortunate. I probably, you know, I get to do it once or twice a year, and it still so good. doesn't. You know, I still love it. You know, yeah. oh, sometimes if I'm by myself, I won't buy the beer, and I'll just make sure I exercise, walk up there, and take a snap. You know, yeah. And in our in our house, actually, we've actually got a photo that I took of Stace there on the bottom of it with the um the old carousel. There's a merry-go-round carousel at the bottom of it. Yeah. Got, and we've got that on a, in a canvas in another room in our house. Oh, so I sort of always go there and take a photo of the carousel for her. Oh, then go so up the steps nice. with the boys, up the steps <laughs> with the boys, and have a beer. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, that's an amazing, amazing moment. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to go to Paris someday. Someday I'll come and tag along and be a Punisher in Paris with you. <laughs> I love Paris. I'm, that's one of my isolation things. I've been learning French. Have you? Yeah. Give Did us I can't talk, I can read. I'm not (laughs) confident enough to talk. Can you say, like, my name is Yogi in in French? We'll we'll edit that in in a minute. (laughs) All right, we can do it at the end. I've got a funny my name story is. Yeah. It's totally off topic. Yeah, go on. Butterfly Effect in Cologne in 2009. Mm -hmm. Clint, the singer, had said he had been practising German. Right. And we were staying in a... We're staying in a youth like a backpackers hostel above mm-hmm. a um, Hungry Jacks, a Burger King, or whatever it's called. Yeah. And so we've all gone, like we've all gone. I think we've just arrived. You know, we're all excited, and we go, "Oh, we'll get Burger King because yeah. we don't know where to eat and that." And then we'll go yeah. out and try and find a beer. Try and find real food, yeah. And we walk into Hungry Jacks, Burger King, or whatever, and yeah. Clint goes, "I've got this. I'm going to do it in German." Oh no! And he looks at the board and he goes. My name is the Double Whopper. And the girl goes, what? Your name's Double Whopper? <laughs> He'd got it wrong and he said his name's Double Whopper. Oh, my God. Oh, that's the absolute best. I'm going to bring that up with him next so, time. So that's, so that's why I'm hesitant to try and say. All right. We don't need another Double Whopper incident. I think it's Jammer Pal Matthew, but. It actually is. I can know that because I learned French in school too. Oh, yeah. So, are you learning it because when you go there, like, are you gonna, you're planning to go back there for a holiday? Or? Um, oh, I'd, I'd love to live in Paris or really? anywhere in French Bordeaux or somewhere. But um, I find it the hardest to order. Not restaurants order. Like, if I go and sit down in a nice yeah. restaurant, a lot of them 
have obviously got English menus and mm. they can tell, you know. Mm. I try to make try to you know, try to make an effort. Mm. But it's it's the I I've like I'm at work, the gigs happen, sound checks happen, I've got ten minutes to go and get something to eat is when I find it hard to order in French. Yeah. Like when I go outside, I can order a crepe mm. in French. Mm-hmm. But um I find French the hardest to just order something on the go. Yeah. And that that's sort of I'm trying to get a bit more comfortable with that. Yeah. So good, yeah. good um task to do in isolation. Like good, yeah, you've yeah. got the time to do it. Yeah, and and that duo lingo app is um, is amazing. Is amazing. So yeah. that helped me that helped me with German, get a little bit of German under my belt. Yeah. For touring. And yeah, so now I'm just pushing on with half an hour of French a day. Nice. But I don't say it. I don't speak it. I I've disabled the microphone. Mm-hmm. That, so they don't, I think they, it's a little bit easier when you disable the microphone. Yeah. Which is probably cheating, but I'm not. I, I don't have a fight with Siri because <laughs> she doesn't understand what the fuck I'm saying. Also, you don't want to start getting ads on your Instagram in French. Because mm. <laughs> like you think about something now, and then it suddenly fucking pops up on your Instagram. Yeah, that's for sure. So yeah. All right, we'll move on to the next question. Uh, fanboy moments. Have you ever had a, a, a fanboy over someone that you've been touring with? Um, yeah, well, I've obviously I've worked with quite a few people and stuff, mm-hmm. but um, and I don't normally fanboy over musicians or anything. I'm more like the pro surfer or the footy player or the actor or, you know, the actress or something like that. Who were your favourite surfers and actors, actors while, you, while you're there? My favourite surfer when I was a kid was a guy called Martin Potter. Mm-hmm. Um, my favourite surfer now is probably John John Florence, yeah. Mick Fanning, or there's a guy called Ben Gravy who does um, – he does a YouTube thing every day and he just tries and finds weird waves and stuff. Like he's not a – he's a pro surfer but he's not on the tour or anything like that. Yeah. And I just like – I just like his stoke for it and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, actors and actresses, I think, is it Jason Statham? Yeah, Jason Statham, yeah. Statham. Uh, and um, my favourite movies of all time is Back to the Future, so Michael J. Fox is, yeah. is my favourite, you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like I, I like I like movies, I like TV and stuff like that. So then so, and because I don't work in mm. that industry, you know, I'm mm. like there. And then, you know, footy players are as dumb as dog shit, but, you know, like I, I still love football, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, but music-wise, I think, you know, like – if I like a band and I end up working for a band, I'll just go, oh, you know, like and keep it to myself. Mm. And, you know, it doesn't phase me. Mm. The one, the, the time that I did sort of get blown away a bit was um, when I looked after Angels and Airways with Tom DeLong yep. from Blink-182. Yeah. Um, he, he's like a, like, whether you like Blink-182, whether you like Angels and Airways, that, that guy's a full on rock star. Like, mm. he, he, like we would get to airports and there would be hundreds oh. of people and me and him would have to sneak off to their Virgin Lounge and all that sort of stuff and Virgin would come and take our bags from us and give us our tickets and stuff yeah. like that. Wow. You know what I mean? It's just like next and, level. Yeah, and we'd get to a hotel and there'd be fucking people there, you know what I mean? Like, oh, wow. So I got to 
got to spend a bit of time with him one-on-one and we just talked about business and we didn't talk about aliens. I was going to say, um, what, what's he really like? Because people have he was, some he opinions was, he on was, him. He was, he, was, he was lovely. Like, um, he, he, was, he was really lovely to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that was probably the time where I've just gone, fuck, this person's a full-on rock star. Like, you know, it's I can tour around the world and Angus and Julia can't really, like, they're, you know, they can do stuff in Australia, but Angus and Julia are big in France and Germany. Mm. And people, like, people are there, you know. People in France know who they are, you know. Like, wow. They seem yeah. so unassuming. Like, most people would walk past yeah. the street and they wouldn't know. Yeah. But I think, you know, yeah, like, and obviously, you know, there's bands like Mastodon and stuff like that. People know who they are. Every band has fans. That's what's great, you know. And, they'll, they, you know, go to Norway with Carnival, you know, one time. No, sorry, we are in Finland with Carnival years ago. Yeah. And um, they were all doing that um, thirty-minute exercise thing every day. Like um, it was like some sort of—I don't know what it was called—but the five of them, maybe not Jono, but Luke Willett, their sound guy, would jump in as well, and Nick yeah. and I would be setting up the gear. Yeah, and they would be doing like they would be doing this exercise in some days in Finland. I always remember in Helsinki, there was like a glass doors at the front mm-hmm. and I went to go out to the bus to get something. And like, there was this group of full blown metal heads. Oh just my God. And they go like, they're pointing inside and goes, what is this? Like at all the exercise. Yeah. And then, and then I, um, and I said, oh, that's just Carnival just doing their exercises. And they all, like, thought it was hilarious. Pointing, oh, this is Carnival. <laughs> and just pointing. And they thought it was hilarious. Is this Steve's idea? He's the most yeah. ripped one. I think I think it might be might have been Hoss's idea at the time. I, I don't know, but they were into it. But, um, but, yeah, like, every band has fans. So, like, and there's, you know, there's always a fan out there that that band is the ultimate thing, you know. So that's that's what's good about music, everyone it's different for everybody, you yeah. know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. Whether, whether I fanboy over someone, like I might be working with someone I don't give a shit about, mm. but like give a shit about musically, you know. <laughs> yes, what I mean? um, but like there's guaranteed to be a whole generation of people that love that band. That yeah. means everything to them, you know what I mean? So you yeah. just got to be respectful of that, I guess. But, yeah, Blink-182 is probably, probably right up there so for That's me. a big one. That's a big one. I mean, have a Travis Barker tattoo there. Oh, you do too. Yeah. Did you see the Post Malone thing that Travis Barker did the other yeah. week? Yeah, I, I loved that. It's pretty cool, eh? Oh, I watched it. It was so legit. Like, Post Malone's a fucking just, punk. I love it. Yeah, I just wish Travis Barker would smile and laugh every now and again. <laughs> Seems so serious these days. Does he? Oh, I, I probably haven't like, watched enough Post of Post Malone was, you know, saying stuff and making a few jokes and then they'd Flash to Travis and Travis just, just like, like there waiting, yeah. like a robot, robot waiting to play the next song. Yeah, but I, and the, the set list yeah. that they played was oh, they, yeah. it was all ba- like it was like Francis Farmer and School and mm. oh, absolute bangers and No Teen Spirit. Yeah. I was like, fuck yeah, yeah, awesome. no, it was good. That was good stuff. Like, um, just people have been doing some great stuff during this time. You know what I mean? Well, what else are you gonna fucking do? <laughs> At the moment. Uh, all right, I'm going to move to the next question, which is if there was one band that you wanted to educate the world with, um, what band would you want everyone to know of? 
Okay, so this one, this question was a bit, a little bit hard because I didn't want to feel biased or, yeah. you know, and that sort of stuff. And then I was like, oh, well, fuck, you know, yeah. I'm not, if I'm not going to say anything good about them, you know what I mean? Like someone should. And so for this, I would say I wish the world had heard early cog. Yeah. Like back in the day, like so I'm talking – I wish in 2004, 2005, 2006. So the just visiting era? Is this the new normal era? Leaving just visiting, going into new normal. Yeah. So really comfortable with just visiting, Mm. you know, like um, and then just getting psyched on the new stuff. Mm. I wish that at that period they had had some of the opportunities that younger bands get, like bands seemed like, you know, Bands seem to be together for three months and then all of a sudden they're playing fucking New York and, you know, L.A. and shit these days. Like, you know, I toured a few shows in America with Cog and we've been to Europe and stuff like that. But, like, I just wish at the time there was someone there really pushing them and showing their music to the the world because, you know, they – for a time there they – well, not to say that they're not. Then some of their new music now is not great, but music tastes of a lot of people have changed. Do you know what I mean? And mm. there was a time where it seemed like heavy music was a bit more accessible to the mainstream. And yeah. you know, Germans they don't give a shit about genre; like mm. they love it. You know, and if and someone had just given them a chance to get set their feet and get their roots, sort of in those countries like yeah. Germany. And, and the UK back in those days, yeah. their, their story might be a whole different story, you know? Yeah. I think Cog, yeah. I think you're right. They, they're very, I don't know if the word is understated, but they were so much more influential than probably people give them credit for. Yeah. And I understand it's not everyone's type of music, and mm. that's probably why I would like it to be at that that era like mm. still so it's still just because you know they 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 only just in december played just visit a song off just visiting for the first time in years you know mm-hmm. because they've got two albums plus new you know new material and yeah. that they they feel better about but um yeah it's just um i i would have liked them to have given been given the opportunity, I think, but then that also means that I would have liked myself to be given the opportunity to do it <laughs> earlier. So I don't know. I don't. I don't really know if that's cheating or not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I was living in Melbourne around that time when uh, the new normal came out, and I was working gigs, and I cannot explain how many bands were trying to sound like Cog. Oh yeah, there were so many spin-off bands. There was a time. There was a time back in, you know, in those days where it just seemed like every band was trying to sound like Cog or Carnival. Yeah, uh, I can't think of any two more influential bands than those two for Australia mm. for that that genre. Yeah. There's, there's a side note of just so it's not all Cog. The <laughs> band Wolf and Wolf and Cub. Yeah, now this is a, a pop, two, more of a pop band. Uh, no, it's like more psychedelic-y sort of oh, rock okay. before before Tame Impala before right. Um, I don't know, like not Wolf Mother and like before all that. Yeah, it was like um, Wolf and Cub. Like that, their music is fucking great. Yeah, 
And I just heard the new album that's not released yet that's coming out later this year. Ooh. I just got I just got sent it this week. So this week's been a good week. I've, I've heard a new Cog song, I've heard a new Butterfly Effect song, and I've heard a new oh. Wolf, Wolf and Cub album. Okay, we've so, got the exclusive here, everyone. Cog so, got yeah, new music. I've, one, one new music. Okay, that's still new, one, singular. That's still good. Um, yeah, but, yeah, so I've heard, I've, heard, I've heard two new Butterfly Effect songs this week, one new Cog song and a Wolf and Cub album, and oh, it makes me feel great. That's exciting. Um, what's I going to say about Wolf and Cub? Oh, no, I've lost, I've lost my train of thought. Sorry, everyone, I had a bit of a few drinks last night and I'm feeling a bit... Bit dusty. Um, I'm going to skip no. to the next. The next. You don't drink. Oh no! Uh, I think my nickname once was Piss Rex. Someone said someone called me Piss Rex for years. I'm like, that is so fucking offensive. I really don't think I drink that much. But and I was at home last night just having ISO drinks. Mm-hmm. I think the problem is when you're at home is like you're pouring vodkas and you're not measuring them, so you're having like a vodka and soda with it's, like it's, three shots of vodka got, in it. You got. You you got nowhere to go. I know exactly. Just sit around. You got nowhere to go, and you know it's not like you got anything to do really on a Saturday or Sunday. You know. No, but although WA our restrictions are a little bit lifted, so it's not too bad. But yeah, I'm feeling a bit dusty. Um, Speaking of feeling dusty, um, you would have spent a lot of hours in the tour van, driving or being in the in the uh, in the truck. What's your favourite tour van tune? So, I when I was making notes for this one, I think I changed it a fraction. Okay. Just because, um, a lot. It's funny. Some people don't like me driving with headphones on because I'm mainly the driver. Okay. Um, like a lot of people go, oh, you should be, you know, paying oh, attention. Oh, because you're taking away that that sense yeah. and yeah. Yeah, yeah, and so a lot of the times I'll leave the light ear in. Because mm-hmm. they can't see my right ear, and then they think I don't have anything in my left ear, and I listen to a, pod, a, pod, a podcast. But yeah. as soon as, as soon as we get up to leave the Virgin Lounge to jump on the plane, mm-hmm. my headphones go on straight away, like, mm-hmm. and I don't really ever take them off until mm-hmm. I get to the rental car counter on the other end. Yeah. So for for, for years, I had this tradition. The, the song that I'd walk off the plane to, blasting in my headphones, yeah. was Avalanche by The Ghost Inside. Yep. And it would just, like, so stupid. But, like, you know, you're, <laughs> you're walking off the plane, you're psyched, you're about to get a rental car, you're about to hoon down the road yeah. to load, you know, get all the bags. you got. I've yep. got shit to do. So I used yep. to put on Avalanche by Ghost Inside and just crank it and just get psyched for that rental car counter. Oh, well, you spend the next half an hour waiting. Yeah, and um, yeah, so that that was my for ages. It was it was that, and these days, if I'm not listening to a podcast on my headphones and on the plane or in the car, yeah. I'd be listening to a band called Lacero, which okay. is which is a pretty much a staple of mine to not hear Lacero at some point throughout the day. What, who is Lucero? Where are they? I've never even heard. It's of like them. they're from Mem- they're from Memphis, Tennessee, yeah. and they're a country rock band. <laughs> and the guy has just got the graveliest Ben Nichols, the singer, has just got the graveliest um, voice you'll ever hear in your life. Yeah, but years and 
a long time ago, I can't even think, probably maybe 10 years ago, but maybe not, there was a thing came to Australia called the Revival Tour. Mm-hmm. And what it was was a guy called Chuck, Chuck Reagan from a band called Hot Water Music mm-hmm. would put together his favourite lead singers of bands and they'd come out and do acoustic songs together and they would all get up and do do songs. So Chuck Reagan from Hot Water Music. There was Ben Nichols from Lucero. So mm-hmm. I knew Hot Water Music because they're a punk band. Yeah. So I knew Chuck, Chuck Reagan. I didn't know anyone else on this night. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was Chuck Reagan, Ben Nichols from Lucero. Mm-hmm. It was Frank Turner. Oh, who is now my favourite. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was a guy called Tim Barry that was from a band called Avail who I knew but I didn't mm. know he did solo stuff. Mm-hmm. And Stace and I went to – we drove up to Brisbane um, to watch with Glenn from The Butterfly Effect actually. Yeah. Um, we went – and a couple of other mates, we went to the zoo in Brisbane and watched it and it was so – Stace still says it's her favourite gig ever. Wow. Um was so good we went to the hotel that night and i booked us plane tickets down to sydney for the next two days we went to the annan we went to the annandale for two nights watch it again and um and then so through that night through that couple of days i got into everyone's solo stuff and those those four guys have been staples in their solo stuff sort of and their bands now in my in my jukebox in my head yeah were you on the door for that those shows though no, I, I buy tickets <laughs> oh lot. good that's good to know yeah i buy tickets i buy tickets i buy music mm-hmm. i'm not because i work in the industry i'm not so friendly with movies yeah <laughs> and tv shows before before, <laughs> the cracked, before the government cracked down but like i'm not saying i don't get on the guest list a lot but if if Frank Turner is coming to Australia, if Ben Lucero, uh, Ben Nichols and Lucero are coming to Australia, I'll jump and buy tickets. Yeah, yeah. And I'll buy it. extra tickets so I can drag people mm. along. And half the time I'll tell those people that I got their name on the door so they don't feel bad <laughs> if they don't, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's, there's certain people that I want to hear certain music, you mm. know what I mean? Yeah, I'm the same, actually. I've done that before, where I'm like, I don't tell them, like, yeah, just come down, it's all good, I got it sorted. Like, you need to see this. You need to be yeah. enlightened. Like, I'll, I'll, drag, I'll drag Kurt to a gig sometimes, and um, he's a musician, he's a music guy, mm. um, whereas those guys I just mentioned before, a lot of their, a lot of their stuff is the lyrics, mm. and I'm... Because I'm not a musician, I was a shit bass player in a punk band. Um, <laughs> um, but I'm a lyrics guy. Same, yeah. I'm a I, love a, guy. I love a good beat and I love music. Yeah. But I'll 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 make sure I learn the lyrics yeah. of a song so I know what they're, they're saying and you know. Yeah, I'm and, the same. Uh, so if I take Kurt, if I pull Kurt along to a gig, and it's a it's someone who's sing like. Lyrics are great. Yeah. He doesn't get it. He doesn't yeah. get it. He just gets pissed and gets annoying. <laughs> but he does that most <laughs> nights. Anyway. Classic Kurt moves. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> My housemate's like that as well because he's a musician too. And, mm. you know, we're always together listening. We've always got music playing in the house. And um, he, yeah, he's not a lyrics guy either. He's He listens for the melody. And I'm yeah. like, I, I feel like, not music's ruined for him, but like sometimes he, like he can't turn that off, like the way that he listens to stuff. 
Yeah. It's so interesting. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think musically, like, it needs to be good music, but mm. if, the guy, if they're singing about some fucking shit, you know, they can mm. fuck off. <laughs> 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 and, that, and that's not to say, like some of my favorite bands, like Sleep Makes Waves, Jacob, mm. and, and Isis, they were fucking, they're great instrumental bands, and yeah, I love that. I, I do love, love the Sleep's voice, yeah. Not, not so much headphones, but if I'm driving late at mm. night, you crank those bands, that's, that's all time, you know, that's great driving music, you know. Yeah, and, for sure. But, um, like, I don't want to hear you singing about shit, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> You don't want to hear, no, I'm trying to think of some give me, horrible, give like... Me some, give me some substance, make it mean something, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, totally. I'm not much of a love, love ballad, you know. Mm. Give me something that could make me cry, that would make me angry. Like, why did you get Yeah, yeah, it's make, give me, give me, give me, give me some emotion, yeah, make it, make me feel something. Mm. Speaking of emotion, the ghost inside you just mentioned before about listening to them at the tour van, um, yeah. I, I have to plead ignorance on this, I don't... I haven't really listened to this band, and I don't really know the story. Could you give yeah. for the listeners a bit of a, a summary um, on this band, and have you worked um, with them? I've I've worked with them numerous times. Yeah, okay. um, a great bunch of guys. But back backstory: the easiest way that I used to describe people would say, "Oh, shit, give me a band." You know, people ask you for a new band to listen. I say, yeah. "I should have a listen to the Ghost Inside." Mm. And they go, "What are they?" And I go, "And I used to go, oh, like." The LA's version of Parkway Drive. Mm. Okay. You know, that's how yeah. uh, they're America's version of Parkway Drive. They're yeah. nice guys. They play great music, and they and it means something to them. You know, mm. yeah. Um, so that was my brief, brief sort of description of of them. You know, and then um, they're in a bus accident um, on their tour bus, right. and they they had. I don't know the details, and yeah. I don't like like to speak out of turn, but. Yeah. You know, both both drivers died in the accident, yeah. um, and the drummer of the Ghost Inside lost part of his leg, got oh, amputated, yeah. and and everyone else had injuries. And for a while, they didn't know whether they were going to play music again. And they they came back and they played a show at the Shrine. Um, a couple of Parkways crew guys did their did their crewing and yeah. stuff. And yeah. you know, I watched through social media and stuff like that. I would have loved to have been there. I think that was June or July last year. Yeah, it was in LA, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, Caitlin, who works with me with Road Six, she was there. Steve was doing lights. Fishy wow. was production manager and stuff like that. And yeah. I had friends from LA that were there. And it just seemed so, so amazing just to see them get back to the stage. And, you know, and that you're talking like four years later. You're not wow. talking six months. There's a long road to getting there. Yeah. And then they came out for Unified in January and I worked yeah. with them there with the Parkway crew and mm-hmm. um, it was just sensational, you know, yeah. and such such an inspirational story and they've released two songs since then yeah. Um, and, yeah, people should just check them out. Just, just check them out just for the music regardless of the story. The music stands for itself, you know. Yeah. You don't need to know. You don't need to feel sorry for them. You don't need to anything like that it's just good fucking music but if you do it like anything you should do a bit of research into what you're listening to mm. so you're not you know just so you know backstory of where the person's come from and then not like 
load of shit or anything, you know. But yeah, um, yeah, and that's that's basically basically it. They're top guys. They deserve everything that comes. Them. Come awesome. I'm going to check them, them out. Yeah. I'm going to check them out for sure. Um, you said you listen to a lot of podcasts. What's, yep. um, is there a couple of podcast recommendations you can give me? There is. I've what a lot of people like. No one knows who the fuck I am anyway. But like, one of oh, my friends, a lot of my friends will know this. That I'm a mad, mm-hmm. like fanatical American football fan. Oh, okay. Gridiron? Grid um, That's what we're talking about? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. So, my favourite podcast is, is an American Gridiron, American football podcast. So, I'm not going to talk about that one. But my, <laughs> my other one is How I Built This. What's that? It's an entrepreneurial um, podcast. Okay. And it just talk like, it'll talk a guy, this guy talks to um like a business person yeah about a specific business specific specific, i can't say that i get specific yeah um so they'll talk to people like cliff bar or they'll talk to people about in and out burger or something it's it's american it's an american one yeah it's american um they go they go worldwide but it's about an hour once a week and it's people just talking about how they started their business and how they got it to where they want. Yeah. Got it like that. Um, another great one that was only like six episodes or something like that was The Lighthouse, which was about the Belgian backpacker that went missing in I Byron. I listened to this one. That was really good. Yeah. So that, weird. That, that was great. Um, a friend of mine has one called My Age Podcast, mm-hmm. which is a podcast where he just interviews Australian musicians, more the punk scene um yeah. yeah um so that's my age podcast then my age my age i'll yep. link them all in the show notes for the listeners yep. but yeah yeah and then um what got me into podcasts is um i i use the term lightly because a lot of people say they do this i researched <laughs> um the west you memphis Google? three <laughs> Yeah. West Memphis Three. Oh, yeah. I've heard of this one, but yeah. I haven't. What, what's yeah. it about? So I, I read, I read as much information and watched as many documentaries as I could on the West Memphis Three. It was about three young teenagers that got accused of murder in West Memphis, and they didn't do it. Okay. And they, they, did, they got. It's just insane. Um, but there was a podcast. There's a podcast called, called The Last Podcast on the Left, okay. which is comical podcast that address true crime stories. Oh, I love true crime, so I'd probably be um, into this. Yeah. And it's these, these guys, these three guys, they just feed off each other and they're hilarious. Yeah. But they did three-part episode, three-part series on the West Memphis Three. Okay. And, I, and, that, and then when I was doing my research... <laughs> It led me to led me to this podcast, and that's how I got into podcasts. I didn't know what podcasts were or anything. Yeah, and and I started listening to this, and these guys were hilarious. But like, they were legit. Like, knew know what they're talking about, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just in like it was so sad. I was like nearly in tears, and then I was in hysterical laughter, mm. you know, just because of the way the guys present these podcasts. So that's a good one. The last podcast on the left. I'm going to check this out. This sounds like something I'd be into. I listen to a shitload of true crime. Um, yeah. 
So, yeah, I can get away with murder. <laughs> um, all right. We're actually coming up to the last question, but I feel like we're going to keep talking a little bit longer after that. Um, yeah. In this current COVID climate, um, I mean, WA is doing pretty well and sort of flattening the curve. But something that I've thought a lot about is the mental health aspect of it. Um, the whole reason I started this podcast is because you and I both, or you, you're directly affected. A lot of our friends are like out of work. They, their schedule for the whole year has been obliterated. They have no work on the horizon. Well, maybe not. Maybe, maybe they're starting to now. But it's really scary um, that you know they're in this situation. Um, and I've donated to Support Act and I, I want the listeners to donate to Support Act to help, um, you know, the mental health of and the well-being of roadies. Um, so can you sort of share your thoughts on what's happening at the moment and and the effect that it's having on the, the road crew? Yeah, like, like you said, I think a lot of road crew live week to week, you know, mm month to month if you're lucky, you know, mm. if you've got enough money like that saved. Um, so, um, for example, just like what I what I can know about firsthand is I was about to start working, start the first weekend of April, I was about to start with Dope Lemon and we were about to go on a 10-week Australian and European tour. Yeah. So that's 10 weeks straight work for me that doesn't come around that often mm. normally if i'm doing a show on a friday and saturday night mm. i fly out friday morning i get paid for friday i get paid for saturday show i get paid a travel day to come home sunday so i'm like two and a half days work a week you mm. know what i mean mm -hmm. and that's why people maybe don't have savings and that sort of stuff you got rent you got food you got mm. families mm. stuff like that yeah so a 10-week tour you go as soon as you get booked for a 10-week tour, which you're probably getting booked for a 10-week tour like six months to nine months in advance, mm. you, you put that in the diary and you that money's locked away. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm like, shit, yeah, <laughs> that's 10-week that's tour. That to me is that's six months taken care of. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Money, Money-wise for my yeah. year, yeah. if it had to be, if, yeah. you know. Like you can make it work, um, yeah. I could make it work. Um, so, um, so what a lot of people have seen is just all of a sudden their money is gone. There's no savings in the bank, and then the government is telling you um, you're not going. We're doing job seeker. We're doing job keeper. You're going to be back paid at the start of May, mm. but they're telling you that in March. Mm. You're like sick. All of a sudden, you're getting all this anxiety because you've got six weeks to wait before you may be getting some money from the government. You may be not getting some money from the government. Mm. I don't know, like, how much money a normal person spends. I don't have kids. Mm. I, have a do I have a dog and I have a partner and we, we're we terrible with money. Mm. Um, but I, we've got – we know I, know I know my limits and stuff like that and I've been fortunate enough because I don't – drink that much, I don't go out, I don't party, I don't patar, I don't do, mm. you know, things that we do when we're young. Mm. I'm not young, I'm, you know, 44. Looking pretty so good I, though, yikes. <laughs> um, so I like, um, 
I've saved. I'm up to date with my tax. Yeah. So I'm in a better situation than a, probably a few few other people. And what what was really sort of at the start when it all went down is we just bought a house on the 17th of February. Shit. And we moved in. Like it was a really quick turnaround. We moved in. Yeah. And then I think 10 days later I lost nine months worth of work. Fuck. And it was like, fuck, what are we going to do? Yeah. And then we're lucky we didn't use all our money for the house. We saved six months worth of mortgage repayments. Oh. Um, but – Thank fuck. The bank turned around and offered us a freeze on our mortgage for six months. Mm. So we took it. So in actual fact, we're not paying rent. We're not paying a mortgage. Yeah. So life is actually cheaper than <laughs> it normally is, which it should be yeah. because of the situation. Yeah. Um, and we're not, we're not going out. We're not doing anything. So yeah. we're getting by. But like, there's, like I said, I'm, I'm in a lucky situation. There's a lot of people out there that are not in the, fortunate situation i have a partner she works for queensland health her job's mm. not going anyway mm. yeah yeah you so know she was a, she, she worked firsthand on the data entry for covid for oh. Queensland and stuff like that so you know yeah. we know there's only we know there's only one person yeah in in our area with yeah. It, yeah you know what i mean and stuff like that so um there's just I f- like i feel like i've tried to do things through road sick and stuff i know it's 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 not much, but you know we offered free T-shirts mm. to the roadies that I like that in all in our sort of community. That's what Road Sick was started for, is to mm. sort of start a family and a community. Like, yeah. you know, just so everyone we're all in it together. And yeah. so we, I got you know, like whether people wanted to ask for them or not, you know, like we gave twenty something free T-shirts out just because. I was like, you might as well wear a new T-shirt while you're on your next Zoom call or mm. you're FaceTiming with your mum, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And then we did a T-shirt to raise money for Support Acts yeah. um, with another organisation called Let's Have the Chat through an, a merch company called Imprint and they we sold, a hundred, I think it was 104 mm-hmm. T-shirts and we raised $1,400 for Support Act awesome. through that. Yeah. Um, and, so, and Support Act do an amazing thing like they you know they pay they're paying bills for you know the older generation of roadies and people who mm. need need the help and stuff like that and um prior to the podcast i was mentioning i i did a, a webinar for music sa for south australia on wednesday night yeah. which was about mental health yeah now and there was some great speakers on that and it was like really sort of reassuring to know that like you get a bit disheartened if you follow the news every day and yeah. you get a bit disheartened if if um, you just get caught up in the whole thing and you're just listening to the government because, like, I'm not, you know, but I think the government's doing a good job. Fuck mm. knows. Sometimes I can't get 10 people to meet at a bus on time, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's a hard situation. It's an unprecedented situation and... But if you're just listening to the government and you're just listening to news, you're going to get down. So it was great to see that there's some people in South Australia that know what they're talking about and know how to help people yeah. and stuff like that, you know. Yeah, that's good. Um, can you tell yeah. us a little bit about Road Sick, your clothing label? Um, how did that get started um, and what's, what's going on with that at the moment? So it started in um, 
in 2014 when I got sick, mm-hmm. um, I was in hospital. I was told that I'd maybe never be able to fly again. Holy um, shit. And I got, you know, I got sad. I got you know, all sorts of emotions, whatever. Mm. Um, but I was the opposite of homesick. I was road sick. I was <laughs> never going to be able to tour again. <laughs> I love it. And so then, that's how it came then, up. Yeah. And I was like, I want to do a bunch of T-shirts for all the Angus and Julia crew mm-hmm. that just said Road Sick 2014, you know what I mean? Mm, yeah. So I got out of hospital. I had money saved because we'd been on a four-month tour or whatever. Yeah. And when you're on tour, you hardly spend any money, you yeah. know, because you've got catering, you've got all, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so I made T-shirts as a Christmas present for the Christmas 2014 for all the Angus and Julia crew and awesome. all the guys that I'd work with with all my other bands, Cog, Butterfly, yeah. all those sort of guys. And I gave everyone a T-shirt for Christmas and it was a little bit different logo, but it said Road Sick and I sort of explained it to everyone and everyone loved it. And then people mm. started asking, oh, how can I get a T-shirt? Yeah. How can I do this? How yeah. can I do that? And I was yeah. like, by this time, mind you, I was allowed to go back out on tour because oh, I made the recovery yeah. and my operation was a success and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then I thought, you know what? Normally you go on tour and then you're home for a month, you're home for two weeks. You, we spend a lot of time at home even though we spend a lot of time away, mm. you know. And I was like, I'm going to have a, you know, I want to start a side hustle mm. that's not necessarily to make money but it's just to bring everyone together. And mm. It was more like, I miss I, the thought of me missing everybody, missing the experiences, missing the adventures. Mm. So I wanted to start a community like that and um, basically printed the T-shirt that you have on there. I printed that one, put made a website. Yeah. It sold. They sold well. Mm-hmm. And then um, we, from there, we um, made new designs and stuff like that and mm. they um, – went well and yeah and to this day it you know it doesn't really like any money it makes i make i put into it yeah we invest it back in like it's it's never given me a cent but it's given me a hobby it's given a bit of a community there's you know it's a good vibe yeah yeah it's a vibe it's it's a vibe um, I was actually in Northbridge in Perth once when you first launched and I had this on. It was the first time I ever wore it. Um, I was walking down James Street and this guy walked past me. He goes, Roadsick, where's you your shirt from? And I sort of looked at the guy and I'm like, I feel like I know this guy, but I don't know where from. I said, yeah, I got it from Yogi. And he's like, oh, oh, I know Yogi. It was Ben Newby. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, ah, that's kind of how we became friends, actually. Uh, like, well, I mean, yeah. we, we had mutual friends, but that was the first time we actually met. Like, literally just walked past each other. He was like, where'd you get the shirt? I was like, <laughs> so, yeah, that's so cool. Um, yeah. I, do, I do need to I need to buy the um, the Support Act shirt that you've got, the special. Sorry, let's have the chat. I need to, yeah. need to buy that one. It's um yeah, it's a good vibe. I get I get state like it's it's rare that you can go to a gig and not see one mm. shirt. You know what I mean? So I, and I get stoked if I go to a gig and I see someone who got one that I don't know. Yeah, because that means I haven't given them one for free. <laughs> <laughs> you had a sale the other day, so you've yeah, found a lot more. The sale went the sale went really well. It was cost price sale, but what it, the sale enti- enabled me to do was put all that money that was generated into new designs. Mm-hmm. And you're working with, and, with Kate Pepper? 
Yeah, Kate Pepper does all our artwork um, and it's normally road sick part of the crew and we're about to jump into our first thing that's like road sick, art, art, sorry, art of the crew. <laughs> art of the crew, awesome. Yeah, and it's um, we're, we're partnering up with Dynamic Tattoo in Melbourne Yeah, for a couple of different type of things that people don't normally associate with us. Okay, cool. And then the second art of the crew is Caitlin. It's got some drawings. Mm-hmm. And then the third Art of the Crew series is Dynamic Tattoo with a, a second design. So. Awesome. Is that going to be coming out in the next, like, month? Or what, yeah, what's it's the time a month, month to six weeks. It's all staggered. Like, yeah. we're going to try this staggered thing for the next three months. So yeah. just because so, I'm going to be home. So yeah. I've got something to do. Yeah. Stagger it rather yeah, than drop it. I'll drop it all at once. I'm going to have nothing to do. <laughs> you can only go to the post office so many times. <laughs> There's only so many shifts at Coles they'll give me. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm just going to link back to We're talking about mental health just there. So my last question is uh, I asked you to pick a song that helped you find your voice in a dark moment or a, a strength anthem um, that really comes so, What did you choose for this one? So this is a... I'm, like most of my long-winded bloody question answers, oh, I've got, it. it's a sort of two parts. So okay. when I was, I'd just take you back, it's January 1993. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting on the floor of my mate's buddy's house eating wheat bix <laughs> Video video hits. We just got out of the surf. Yeah. Video is on the TV. And yeah. then this song just comes on and it was Rage Against the Machine, Killing in the Name. Oh, I was yeah. 17. Oh. And it was 1993. It was the first time I ever heard it. So yeah, yeah. It's and it's on like video hits or top 50, 40 or whatever, whatever that was, yeah. shit show is on. And <laughs> it was it was probably the first time that like how can I relate? Like I've you know I've lived a middle class lot, you know, white person's life. I've had mm. no fucking trouble with mm. my life, but. Mm. All of a sudden, this music just hit me, and it was like it was talking to me. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, holy fuck. And I'm just screaming to Spuddy, come and listen to this, mate. Come and <laughs> listen to this. Yeah. And I was, just, I was just like, holy fuck, this is this yeah, is insane, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was 17 when that one got me, and then probably the next one that got me was back in 2014 when I was sick. Mm-hmm. Um. A, so, Rage Against the Machine, the all-time favourite band. Yeah, uh, I agree, second, hands down. Yeah, and my second favourite band, beside of Lacero, and then in my, you know, in my top bands would be a band called Cancer Bats from Canada. Yeah, um, they sing a song. They've got an album called Dead Set on Living, mm-hmm. um, and there's a song called Dead Set on Living. Yeah, and it's one of those songs that you'll need to read the lyrics yeah. to follow. Mm-hmm. You know, to follow what the what he's saying but yeah. that song spoke to me and I was just like and it it's there's a chef Matty Madison from from Canada as well who's friends of the band and they're singing a song about him he had heart troubles I had heart troubles yeah. his name's Matt my name's Matt oh, you know like yeah, there yeah. was all that there was all these things and I was just like it's like they wrote that song for me oh, wow. you know what I mean yeah and I was just like thing and I have a tattoo of that song yeah. and I listen to that song like a lot. Mm. Um, I listen to that band a lot, but I listen to that song a lot. Yeah. Um, just if I need a pick me up or I need, you know, 
if I think, you know, if I'm at the beach and I put my headphones on, I think I'm Nick Fanning. I listen to that song. <laughs> Go awesome. out there. Go out there and be a kook. Awesome. I'm um, definitely going to check that one out for sure. But, yeah, you know, they, they're, they're probably the two songs that that have really sort of Got spoken to me. Yeah. yeah. Good choices. Uh, now, you also sent through a large list of songs that you noted as being your warm, fuzzy, comfort blanket playlist. <laughs> which I love. And um, I'm not going to go through the whole list, but I will put it in the, the show notes and on the playlist. But I'm just going to pick. Yeah, and I left seven songs off that. <laughs> Maybe we could add to them. Um, I'm just yeah. going to pick out a couple of these just to ask you about. Um, yeah. and maybe you can relay a story of why it made the list. The first one, which I think people will be surprised <laughs> to know that you're into, is 50 Cent Into Club. <laughs> oh, what's not to love? <laughs> it's an absolute banger, I agree. <laughs> yeah. If you don't like that song, you're a fucking moron. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> no, it could even be. Yeah, that's that's just a fucking song. Yeah, it's a fucking bang. All right, Greg. Yeah, All right, so yeah. no story, no story. You didn't work with Fifty Cent. Are you going to say you did met Fifty Cent? No, no, I don't have a six pack like that. I can't <laughs> hang upside down like that. But who doesn't like? I used to love going to the club. <laughs> you know what I saw yesterday? A meme, and it was um, a dude playing Gent with Fifty Cent's head, and it was Fifty Gent. <laughs> <laughs> It's fucking funny. Uh, all right, another uh, song I'm going to pick off your list here is um, Deftones, My Own Summer, because they're my favourite band in the whole world as well. Yeah. Have you ever worked with them? No. Not yet? No, no, no. <laughs> I've seen them a lot. Yeah. Um, I was outside on the footpath when they played their – they played two nights at a place called the Iron Duke in Sydney. Mm-hmm. And we finished band rehearsal with the band that I was playing in at the time. Yeah. I think this would have been like 95, 96 or something. Adrenaline era. Yeah, um, and they played two nights at a little pub called the Iron Duke in Sydney on Botany Road. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't have a ticket. My guitarist had a ticket, so we finished rehearsal and he went in. Yeah. And we just stood outside and listened. And at one stage, there must have been so many people packed in there. The fire escape doors opened up onto the street oh, and the band kept playing. It was awesome. <laughs> He's like, fuck yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah. A couple of other ones here. Drake, One Dance, great song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's good. You can't, you can't be, you can't be angry all the time. Nah, I fucking love that. Oh, I love Drake, like a lot. Yeah. I listen to his There's a lot of, there's show. actually a lot of Drake songs. It's funny, like I, I got into Drake in Toronto when well, I was on tour. That's where he's from, right? He's from Toronto. Yeah. And I I thought, I'll have a listen to this guy just because he's from Toronto, you know, thinking yeah. that I was all cultured and shit. <laughs> you haven't uh, even learned French yet. <laughs> I, was in, I was in Toronto with Angus and Julia and yeah. I just spent the day listening to Drake and I was just like, this, this, is, this is sick. <laughs> it's so good. I, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm a big fan of rap and, and hip-hop and stuff. Like, yeah. Um, there used to be a guy at school, this is going to be funny, Ryan Maxwell had an older brother when I was when we were in high school and I used to ask his brother to give me mixtapes. Yeah, sick. And, he's, and he's, he used to get mixtapes off his brother for me and it used to have like Eric B and Rakim and LL oh, Cool J. And yeah, Ice this is legit. This is legit fucking hip-hop. Back in the day. So yeah. I've, I've really, I've always liked 
I've always liked hip hop and rap. Yeah. Um, I haven't worked. I worked with Insane Clown Posse, oh but I don't God. know. I don't know what to call that. <laughs> Can't say I, I know any of their music. I'm sorry. <laughs> um. Yeah, but um. Yeah, I, I, I like that. Good music's good music. Yeah, I agree. All right, I'll yeah. just pull one more off this. Um, oh, well, Beastie Boys is hip-hop. Sunk Lodo. Now, this is a band that I loved back in the day. Yeah. Did you um, ever work with them? I think. I'm just about to lose my headphones. Uh-oh. Do you want to go plug oh, them no, in? They're still there. No, they're still there. Okay. Um, I... I didn't work for them, but I'm friends with them. Yeah. I went to every show in Sydney that they did pretty much from when we were, um, you know, over 18. Yeah. Um, I was over, I'm a lot older than them. Yeah. Um, but Jace Singer from Sunk Lado is one of my closest friends. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's just, um, yeah, they're amazing. Yeah, they were huge back then. I loved them. Yeah. I remember where I was when I heard Between Birth and Death for the first time. I was in a car in Maryborough with the Butterfly Effect. Yeah. We were on tour. I think it was 2004, 2005, whenever that came out. Yeah. I was just like, holy shit. (laughs) Um, But funny backstory of San Cuado for me is Luke Gower, the bass player in COG, used Mm -hmm. to play in a band called Tax. Yep. Tax were playing on the local stage at the Sydney um, Warp Tour back in nine, back in ninety something because yep. Cog wasn't a thing yet, mm-hmm. um, and Sunk Lodo were playing before Tax, mm-hmm. and they were called Messiah, yeah, and they were fourteen. Oh my gosh! So and that. they had just been and they had just been sponsored by Ibanez and just given them all new guitars and they were showing us all their new guitars and stuff. Sick. And they they killed it. And that day was when Unwritten Law started a mud fight on stage and got kicked off the Warp Tour. <laughs> and Deftones Deftones turned around and told the Warp. What? Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, I'm gonna have to. Got a bit of a drop out here. <laughs> Are you just swapping to wild, like wireless headphones? You can hear me. Yeah, yeah I, I can hear you. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's a different, slightly different. Yeah, I don't, I don't have other ones of these. These were Stasis, and I thought I charged them fully. <laughs> um, that's okay. Let's. Um, have you got ones you can plug in or not? Or you all these? You are on them now. Yeah. Okay. I'm on. That's cool. It can still hear you, so it should be good to go. I'll get. Um, we can. We may or may not edit this out. <laughs> That's cool. These things happen. This is. We're just rolling with the punches here. We've got a tour manager. It's, it's, all, it's all okay. We've got a backup plan. Just send the runner out to get a new pair of AirPods. <laughs> exactly. All right. I'm gonna wrap wrap it up um, here. I've just got some quick fire little uh, questions. So I'm basically gonna mm-hmm. say two band names. Yep. And you just got to pick one over the other, and yep. you, can, you can elaborate on on why if you want to or or not. Okay, mm-hmm. the first one is Oasis or Blur. Oasis. <laughs> Metallica or Pantera. Pantera have some great songs, but I'm not a redneck, so Metallica. <laughs> Kendrick or Kanye. Kendrick. Biggie or Tupac. 
I'd say Biggie, but California is a fucking motherfucker of a song. Yeah, it's a banger. Uh, Katy Perry or Taylor Swift? I don't care. <laughs> I think Katy said the same thing. Um, um, I think Taylor Swift has that one song, though, but Katy Perry was on MasterChef. I watch MasterChef. Katy Perry. <laughs> ACDC or Cold Chisel? ACDC. Uh, crowded House or Split Ends? This is the last one. Crowded House. Yeah. Do you have a favourite Crowded House banger? No, I honestly only know the big ones. <laughs> you only know the big, yeah, the, yeah, okay, gotcha. Yeah. All right, well, that's all our rapid fire questions. Uh, is there anything you wanted to plug while you're here? We've mentioned Road Sick, I will put the links up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, if anyone's still listening after all this time, I'd just say as soon as you can, just go and see a band, a yeah. local band. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Um, have you got anything penciled in for later in the year yet or not? Nothing. Not one thing. Fucking hell, that's scary. Cog have a show in November. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm lying there, but I got told on Friday that it's likely to be cancelled. So. Shit. Mm. Um, yeah, at the moment. Oh, and um, Julia is meant to be supporting Alanis Morissette, but there's yeah. going to be no, there's going to be no international. Oh yeah, of tour. course. Was that meant to yeah. be July or something? Was... It was already meant to be finished by now. Oh, okay. Last last month, and then it got removed. It got moved to November early yeah. on. Okay. But like, it's not going to happen. It's not looking like it is. Yeah. No. Okay. But but as soon as as soon as two hundred people can go to a show, mm. three hundred people can go to a pub. Yeah. I'll be back. I'll be back out there one way or another. We might. We we. I'm toying with the idea of grabbing a bunch of young bands and putting a road sick tour on the road. That would be amazing. And just play, play like bring my crew guys out. Like yeah. So some young bands get some like the top of the notch crew. Yes. And just take some young bands to some regional towns. That'd be amazing. Don't see if that works because I. In a weird way, this could be really good for the Australian music industry. Yeah. In what way? What What are you thinking behind I'm thinking, that? Like, there's a lot of young bands that don't tour regional areas. Mm. Um, and, you know, like if there's going to be no big gatherings, no mm. massive sporting gatherings and stuff like that, some of the regional places, they'll go to the pub to get their entertainment fix, mm. you know. So there, yeah. there might be an opportunity there for smaller bands to tour Coffs Harbour, Central Coast, mm. you know, like Geraldton and, you know, your places, Dunsboroughs and yeah. all that stuff, you know. That's but there might, there might be just, you know, back in the day there was a circuit, you know. Mm. Used yeah. to do an album tour. Used to go on tour in Australia for six six weeks, mm. four nights a week or something. Yeah, bands go on tour now, and their tour's over in two, like two weekends. Yeah, you know? that's true. So, so yeah, if if they let us out, I'll you know I'll I'll get out there. Yeah, a road trip tour would be amazing. Are there any young bands or like or just you know what are you listening to lately? Is there something like a band that you've kind of just discovered by accident and just got wow? Oh, oh, I I, I dig Ocean Grove. Oh. Can we yeah. talk about Flip Phone Fantasy just for a second? Because I absolutely love it. They, yeah, I like, I like Ocean Grave. I like Red Hook. Um, oh, yeah. Like, you know, like Polaris and that obviously speak for themselves. So, yeah, they, you know, they're amazing. You know, they're, you know, North Lane don't need me to talk them up, you know. Love so, them, yeah. So it's just, yeah, it's just, 
there's a million bands out there. I just hope, you know, I think people will be stinging to do something. So hopefully yeah. people go out and see a band, you know, like Jace from Sunk has got a solo debut EP yes, that we just, heard we, just re- we just released. So mm. Jace, Jace will be doing some shows. So yeah. Awesome. All right, yeah. Yokes. Um, I'm going to stop the recording, um, cool. but for the listeners. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Subscribe, like, review, all that good stuff. I'll leave all the links in the show notes. And, Yogi, thank you so much. Your stories today have been absolutely incredible, and I've loved every minute, and I learned so much. So thank you very, very much. All right. See you, everyone, next week. <laughs>